Dealing with grief is like babysitting an annoying little sibling. A sibling that cries for your attention, keeps you up at night, frustrates you, and exhausts you, to say the least. But as you grow older, your relationship with that little sibling usually begins to change. You have better control over them. You realize how much stronger and equipped you are to master any other babysitting job that comes your way. And although they still may seem like a burden and a pain in the ass, you appreciate them and all the crap that they've put you through. Like that annoying little sibling who seems like the bane to your existence sometimes, grief isn't all that bad. There is a silver lining to it, contrary to popular belief. My name is Melissa Coltrero, and I'm the creator of this podcast, Sorry for Your Loss, a podcast about grief. I guess it's also worth noting that I, like many others, have gone through grief. Deep, dark grief. In fact, I still grieve. My mother passed away when I was 19 years old after a long, hard-fought battle with cancer. And like you've probably witnessed in those movies or television shows, I cried buckets. Some days, I didn't want to get out of bed. I got annoyed with people who all of a sudden showed up in my life wanting to comfort me. I felt sorry for myself and contemplated how unfair life could be. But like they say, life goes on. And in fact, moving forward, I discovered a newfound motivation and energy myself. I checked things off my bucket list, traveled more, did well in school, and to be honest, I accredited most of that to my mother's death. It does seem counterintuitive. How could a death result in such positive outcomes in one's life? This led me to explore the world of positive psychology and, more specifically, the concept of post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth can be described as a positive outcome which precedes a traumatic event in which one is left in a better psychological state as a result of facing adversity. Basically, the opposite of post-traumatic stress. I promise I won't get into the nitty-gritty of it all, but just to give you some background, two psychology professors, Richard Tedeschi and Lawrence Calhoun, began researching this phenomenon by interviewing a group of widows. Though most of the women claimed they cried nightly, mourning the loss of their husbands, they also claimed that their husband's death pushed them to realize their strength and resilience. Post-traumatic growth is an area of study under positive psychology. Never heard of positive psychology before? You're not alone. I had the chance to chat with Dr. Maria Sirwa, a clinical psychologist who specializes in positive psychology. I'm definitely no psychologist, so I'll let Dr. Sirwa do the heavy lifting. In 1998, Martin Seligman, who was the head of the American Psychological Association, which is a preeminent psychological association in the world, announced that we needed a study of the psychology of the good in addition to our classical study of psychology of diagnosis and um, vulnerability and fracturing and launched what has become a robust scientific study on what it means to be human beings at our best. And so from the perspective of resilience, what we study and what I teach is what does it mean to be moving toward our best selves even as we are grieving, even as our hearts are shattered, um, even as 
we are struggling to find meaning in the day. So this whole positive psychology and post-traumatic growth thing is relatively new in the psychology world. Dr. Sirwa confirms that this is because psychology was mostly concerned with those who weren't doing well, which is why you've probably heard about post-traumatic stress disorder before. In fact, in Dr. Seligman's TED Talk, The New Era of Positive Psychology, he states that psychology should be just as concerned with human strength as it is with human weakness. We should be interested in building the best things in life, as in repairing the worst. This is where post-traumatic growth comes into play. Okay, cool. So here I am telling you that as a result of my mom's death, I'm essentially better than I was before, and that there's studies behind this whole phenomenon. Now, imagine if I went up to someone who was in the depths of their grief and told them, you're going to grow and prosper from this. Condescending asshole, right? Well, I expressed this concern to Dr. Sirwa. When is the right time to inform someone about post-traumatic growth? Yeah, so Melissa, I have two answers to that. The first, in terms of best time, the best time is for everyone to know about it before the event happens, right? Mm -hmm. So that... Because what we, un- what we know is that if, if you know that post-traumatic growth is possible, in other words, if you know that even as your heart is breaking, you, like many others, can develop an inner uh, core capacity of strength that you weren't aware of before, can develop a greater appreciation for life, can develop a sense of um, confidence in one's own strength and one's own ability to experience life with greater opportunity. If you know that the um, underpinnings of post-medic growth are possible, then when the difficult moment comes or the tragedy occurs, you are more likely to move in that positive direction eventually. And I, I think it's really important to, to say that post-medic growth is not something that appears immediately. It's, it's a process of building a positively forward-looking, resilient approach while not denying the pain that you're in or the anxiety or the fear or the, you know, sorrow. Um, And that takes time. I can relate to this statement. This post-traumatic growth thing didn't happen overnight. The process was gradual, filled with good days, great days, and not-so-great-can't-get-out-of-bed days. This still reigns true today. But on many days, I look back and reflect on how much I've learned and grown from the adversity I've been faced with and how my overall outlook on life has changed for the better. Other grievers have embraced this phenomenon as well. In the book Option B by Facebook COO Cheryl Sandberg and psychologist Adam Grant, a whole chapter called Bouncing Forward is dedicated to describing post-traumatic growth and various evidence of it. Though Sandberg herself never imagined a life where she was capable of growing stronger after her husband's death, she wrote that, quote, slowly, very slowly, a new sense of perspective began seeping into my daily life, end quote. If you or anyone you know is going through grief, I highly suggest you give option B a read. I got the chance to chat with Dr. Joseph Casper, whose personal story and thesis around post-traumatic growth is featured in option B. Dr. Joe Casper is a practicing physician who went back to school to get a master's in positive psychology. He takes post-traumatic growth a step further through a concept he developed called co-destiny. Yeah, so co-destiny, um, 
is really it's the title of my uh, thesis that I did when I uh, completed my master's. I guess I could start. What what prompted me to go was the death of my son. He was 19. He had a terminal illness, which was called Leforis syndrome. There's no treatment. There's no treatment even in the pipeline. So uh, I knew that he was going to die about three years before he did. And so um, that's that was when I became accustomed to grief and uh, started to become interested in, you know, well-being or happiness uh, and then decided to do my thesis on uh, a concept that I devised called uh, co-destiny. And what that is was a way to really take uh, the positive parts of my son's life and what I think he would have accomplished in his life and kind of incorporate that into my new world view that I had to construct. And it's based on the, 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 the work uh, on post-traumatic growth. So that's really the first part of it. You can realize that you can grow from trauma. This was the first time I learned about co-destiny. But I realized that I witnessed this concept in a lot of people's lives, including my own. My mom dreamed of traveling Europe. Less than a year after my mom passed away, I spent five months in Europe on an exchange. I believe that this added to my mother's legacy, if that makes sense. Dr. Casper explained to me that we could improve the quality of someone's life even after their death, which, for him, means helping other people go through similar traumas. For me... I guess it means creating this podcast. And creating this podcast also entails reaching out to others who have gone through grief. Surprisingly enough, many of them describe the positive outcomes from their traumas, even if they hadn't heard of the concept of post-traumatic growth. One of my fellow grievers, whom I had the pleasure of interviewing, is Daniela. Daniela lost her mother seven years ago. The way she describes her outlook on life since then reminds me of Dr. Casper's concept of co-destiny and adding to a loved one's legacy. Here's Daniela. Yeah, it's been seven years that the anniversary was on March 7th. And like just viewing the growth and change over time while like growing up, I can look back now and it's it's interesting to see like how that affected my view of myself, view on relationships, view on success and what that means. I see a lot of what happened with her dying. It's put like a fire in me. And like, whereas before it was a pressure to do well and I would put guilt on myself if I wasn't doing well. Whereas now I've like transformed that into having her not be here and doing things for her legacy and for her in her honor makes me want to succeed and makes me know that I'll succeed because I have that like burning desire that maybe I wouldn't have had if she was still here. Daniela and I had a long, wonderful, honest conversation about grief and life after her mother's death. And although this may sound strange, we both agree that we're grateful for the adversity we faced. And I even feel guilty saying this right now, but it made me think that her death was a gift to me and my sister. I wasn't too surprised when I heard this. I could relate, and it's not the first time I've heard it. Earlier that week, I chatted with Katie, a friend of mine who has a very similar perspective when it comes to death and adversity. Here's Katie's story. 
I also have a mom who passed away when I was about 13, 14 years old. So navigating that in my life, I would say has been, I guess with some reflection now, has been one of the biggest blessings of my life. And it's been one of the things that has gotten me to where I am. And I honestly could not imagine my life any other way. I guess we can kind of go into that a little bit further. But I think when we're faced with something that's difficult or what might be seen as traumatic at first, I think that was my stepping stone to becoming awake and growing, really. I don't think it's insensitive to say that I don't wish my mom was still here. And I don't mean that in a way that is rude or mean or anything. The way I see it is like, by wishing that she was here would deny everything that has happened in my life or would deny everything that I have grown and become. Of course, I would love to hear her perspective and hear what, um, I don't know, I would love to like tell her about my life and like have her meet my friends or like meet the things, like do the things that I love to do. And I don't know, I guess it's kind of weird to say like, and this is the interesting part of thing about grief. Like I think sometimes our perspectives change through different events of our lives and as we grow. I just, I guess what I mean to say is like, it's not that I don't wish that she was still here. I wish, I don't wish for my life to be any different. Call me biased, but I've noticed many examples of post-traumatic growth in those who lost a parent at a young age. I, for one, felt like I had to grow up a lot quicker than many teenagers, often putting pressure on myself to fill the roles my mother filled, which, side note, I soon discovered was impossible. When I asked Jake, another friend of mine, what post-traumatic growth meant to him, here's what he had to say. I think that um, after my my dad passed away, I was I was 19 at the time, and I did feel like I grew up really quickly. You had to learn certain realities that many people don't learn until they're well into their 40s or 50s losing a parent. Um, and I think that when you lose a parent that young, you do grow in in certain aspects quickly. Um, and way quicker than, than sort of a lot of other people around you. For this podcast, I conducted interviews with people who identified themselves as someone who had lost someone or has gone through grief. Some of these people I knew and reached out to personally, mostly because I knew they were comfortable talking about it. But I also interviewed people who I've never met before. And I noticed that in these cases... I got especially nervous and conscientious when approaching the discussion about, well, death and the loss of their loved one. I had a lingering worry that they'd break down and accuse me of being insensitive for discussing such a personal topic so candidly and on the record. I'm sure you could all relate to this discomfort. Not knowing what to say to someone after their mother just passed away. Those awkward silences you endure when paying your respects at a funeral. The fear of asking someone how they're doing after a traumatic event, in avoidance of bringing it up. And I've realized that these fears all arise from the presumption that trauma causes indefinite suffering. Yet you heard it yourself. Almost everyone that I talked to gave evidence to some form of growth after facing their adversity. And to me, the very fact that they reached out or agreed to participate in this podcast is a sign of post-traumatic growth in itself. They are using the trauma they face in their lives to contribute to this conversation and hopefully evoke empathy around such a sensitive topic. So why does death and trauma still carry around this taboo? 
and a rep of causing a series of negative outcomes in one's life. This led me to my next question. I was curious about what inclined some of my interviewees to participate in this project, despite this rep that death and trauma carries. I asked Katie what her thoughts were on this. That's such an interesting observation, and I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, Why was I excited to talk about grief or just talk about? I think it's because it's part of who I am, and it's part of my growing experiences. So because I have experienced that, um, it's natural for me to want to share about my experience. And something that I learned from one of my friends um, about a couple months ago is that I think we're so we're so eager to celebrate the positive things in life and quote unquote positive. Like we're so willing to celebrate the things that seem really happy and joyous, but, and try to maybe push away the things that are difficult or sad or try to just put a blanket over it. But I think our world, because we are ever changing, ever growing human beings, we don't need just our positivity and our, just our, the high parts of our lives. We also need our pain and we need our low parts because that makes us, helps us understand if we shut off one emotion if we shut off pain and sadness, then we shut off happiness as well. So I think being able to understand both sides is so important. So I hope that I can maybe just shed some light on the perspective of how perhaps sadness can also lead to positivity and growth. I was inclined to research and share the concept of post-traumatic growth since it resonated with me and my grieving process. But it's important for me to note that everyone does grieve differently and everyone's experience with grief varies. My story certainly isn't a universal story about grief, nor are all the others you've heard. But I think what I'm trying to stress, in fear of sounding all cheesy, is that it doesn't condemn infinite suffering. There's great things that could come out of it. I hope that does leave you with some form of hope. So, whether you've heard about post-traumatic growth before, or if you're just learning about it now, What does post-traumatic growth mean to you? I'm Melissa Coltrero. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sorry for Your Loss, a podcast about grief.